The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We are back. We're going to talk about the quiet Wisconsin summer and if it will get loud before the end of the year. Uh, we're also going to talk about what we've missed with the Milwaukee Brewers as we've been out for a few days. And we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in the NBA. Abaka, Malcolm Brogdon, the Gobert trade maybe, even though it doesn't pertain entirely to the Bucks. We'll talk about that and ride out of here. It'll be a short show today. We'll go much longer tomorrow. Um, so get back in the saddle with us. Uh, but before you do, make sure you're following us on social media. We were all over it this weekend, even though everybody was out doing their 4th of July stuff. The content didn't sleep. Uh, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. We're also on Facebook for your grandmas and your mothers. Uh, tapping the keg sports there. As well, uh, you can subscribe to us, uh, rate, review. We'd appreciate all of that. Hopefully, you talked about us with your friends this weekend. Uh, hopefully, we got brought up in conversations at your bonfires. Like, hey, I'm listening to this great podcast. Uh, if that, if there are new people to the show, welcome. Um, you will get the full experience today and a little bit tomorrow. Mitch and I will be back in the booth sooner rather than later this week. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, let's talk a little bit about the quiet Wisconsin summer. So in thinking about topics today, truth be told, it's always a hard week, right? We're getting into the dog days of summer. So you have to think of different topics, fun topics, that keeps your audience engaged, a little bit of how the sausage is made. So I was thinking about the athlete of the summer, like who would be the Wisconsin athlete of the summer? And I was running through the topics and running through the names and thinking who could be that person. And so as I'm thinking about it and getting into kind of the thought process of it all, this is truly the most quiet Wisconsin summer that we have had since 2017. Now you could say, well, 2017 was loud because of this, this, and this. But I'd argue that in 2017, we were not a crazy obsessed media culture. I think that we've become even more obsessed than ever before. That every day there are topics of conversation. Literally, Skip Bayless had a conversation about Dak Prescott's fucking six-pack on yesterday's Undisputed. Okay? So we are doing these conversations every day. Podcasts are have never been bigger. In 2017, I was still doing a podcast, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing with it. It's like having a you're dating a pretty girl for the first time in high school and you have zero idea what you're doing. That was how I was with podcasts in 2017. Not that I have any experience with pretty girls in high school, but you get my you get my point here. So thinking through like what this summer has been. And what the summer is before is we're kind of to the halfway point. Some people like to say that this is the end of summer or the 4th of July is the end of summer. And it's a slow turn to the fall. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. We could do a whole Chuck's Corner on this. To me, the end of summer is my birthday, which is the middle of August. That to me is the sign of summer ending or the start of football training camps for high school kids. Because when I was a high schooler, training camp starts pretty much like August 7th, August 8th, somewhere in there. And that to me was always the sign that summer was over because we had two days, we had responsibilities. Even though we were like lifting in the gym in the morning, you could still be shitheads with your friends at night. Like that was the point of the summer where it was all kind of over. You didn't do a ton during that time. You're getting ready for the start of the season. And then once the season started, weirdly it felt like school started because you had practice every afternoon. It was... That to me was the start of, that was the end of the summer. 
So like I push back wholeheartedly. So there's a chance that this thing could blow up. But I really find it hard to figure out how it would blow up or how this summer would suddenly get loud. Suddenly be like the fireworks that we heard all over the city last night, even though they basically postponed everything because of rain. People were still getting their fireworks off, much to the dismay of the Karens online that were worried about their dogs, which, again, another Chuck's Corner for another time. But this is the quietest summer since 2020, since 2017, and we've had loud summers for the last three or four years, and maybe this is a nice change, even though if it hurts us in the content game. Starting last year, last year was loud. The drums were beating on a few different topics, right? You had the Aaron Rodgers topic that dominated the NFL summer, that everybody had different destinations for Aaron Rodgers and where Aaron Rodgers could go in the summer or in the fall. It was basically like an NBA. It was the Durant segment, but with Aaron Rodgers. And that was a topic every other day. And they hung on everything that Aaron Rodgers did, everything Aaron Rodgers tweeted about, every Instagram post. It was Aaron Rodgers 24-7. And Aaron Rodgers' popularity, good and bad, took went to another level. And this was even before all the COVID shit that comes out later that fall. Aaron Rodgers is at another stratosphere with athletes. We talked about this a little bit with Mitch. I think, I forget when we did this, but we've discussed how like, Aaron Rodgers has sort of changed who he is in terms of like athletes and he's just one of those guys that if he does something, like he says something, it's a conversation just like Dak Prescott's ass, which I didn't think we were there with Dak Prescott. I feel like Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Durant, LeBron, I would say that's probably the list. Um, I'm sure you could add other guys to that, but I think that's the list at this point. I think Giannis would be in there, but Giannis doesn't do anything. Speaking of Giannis, Giannis was a big deal last summer as well. The Bucs win the championship in the middle of July. It is this big thing. It takes over the summer. You'd argue that that was the story of the summer. Even though Rodgers was a big deal, the Bucs were the biggest deal. It's like having like two great movies contending for an Oscar. It's like Shawshank versus Forrest Gump, right, in the best best picture category. That, to me, is what you saw with the Bucks, you know, taking over the city of Milwaukee for an entire summer and giving the people of Milwaukee something to do in the summertime when there was nothing going on because the city was still getting itself back from COVID. And then you had the Aaron Rodgers drama where everyone was kind of like, yeah, fuck off, dude. We're worried about the Bucks. We don't care about what you're doing. And you could argue that the Bucks sort of having this elevated off, not off season, elevated season sort of took Milwaukee and the city to another level and let the Aaron Rodgers stuff kind of die down. And then it picked right back up as the Bucks, you know, win the championship. Then training camp starts, I think, two or three days later. And it was like, here we fucking go. And it was all the stuff with Aaron Rodgers. It was absolutely absurd how the timelines worked. But it was a really loud summer to the point. Then in 2020, we were in the heart of COVID. We didn't know necessarily if we were going to have baseball. We didn't know if we were going to have football. We didn't know what was going to happen. We had no idea at that point where we were going. People were starting to get back, but you were sitting in your chairs. I think you, well, I don't think you were wearing masks. The mask mandate for Wisconsin didn't come out till the 1st of August at that point, right? But there was just so much uncertainty, so much unknown. 
I think at that point in the summer or where we are right now, the fifth, you knew like, okay, there's going to be a bubble. They're going to go down to, to Orlando and start the season in August. So you had something to look forward to. Golf was kind of going on. Yeah, I think you had some German soccer at that point. Soccer had maybe come back in England. So like things were starting to happen, but COVID was the story, right? COVID was the story of the summer. And COVID basically changed everything and changed how summer was. Like it was the worst summer that I think we'll ever be a part of, right? Because it wasn't a real summer. It, you aren't able to do any of the things that you probably have done this year or even last year. Then you go into 2019. 2019, Christian Yelich owned that summer. Christian Yelich was putting together yet another MVP-like campaign. Now, he didn't win the MVP, but Yelich was having an incredible year. Then in 2018, you could say the same thing, and Christian Yelich sort of bursts on the scene, and the Milwaukee Brewers themselves have this incredible year. They look like one of the best teams in baseball. They were one of the best teams in baseball. They end up going to seven with the Dodgers, and they carry you through the fall The fall while the Packers sort of struggle. And so the Brewers picked up the slack. So that leaves us at 2017 and where we are today. And that 2017, the Brewers were kind of struggling. They weren't necessarily fully there yet. The Packers were, there was a little bit of McCarthy Rogers rumblings. The Bucks were nowhere near where the Bucks are today, right? Giannis, I think that they had fired Jason Kidd and maybe Budenholzer took over that summer if I have to get my timeline straight. But there wasn't much going on. And so now we're at the quiet sort of of 2022. So now is this the calm before the storm? Will we then have another five years of craziness? Or will this sort of be a normal sports summer? Because this is kind of how summer should go for most sports fans, right? Football is kind of takes a backseat. Things come up, things pop up, but it's not necessarily in your front view mirror. People will still talk about football. People will still create content about football. But at the end of the day, football isn't that important. You have baseball that's humming and you just want to have a good baseball team. I've talked about this before, but nothing's worse in the summer than having a shit baseball team because there's nothing to look forward to. Now, granted, we as Brewer fans have been fucking spoiled because we've had good baseball teams pretty much throughout the last five or six years. I don't count that Fugazi year where the Brewers were bad and that wasn't a good team. But I think at that point we would take anything as sports fans because we were just so so thirsty for sports being back and wanting fans to be back in the stands, which we didn't get for a little bit until the football season started. We didn't get them back at Miller Park until, gosh, full stadium. Remember, we didn't get a full stadium back at Miller Park, now AmFam, which I always screw up on this podcast. I, I think it's just natural. I'm not trying to do it. So I'm like, oh, I'm always going to call it Miller Park. I'm just so used to calling it Miller Park that it's hard for me to call it AmFam. At some point, I will. But we didn't get full fans until middle of June. Remember that? Like, that's crazy. Anyways, we we went off track a little bit, but yeah, you're not going to necessarily have this sort of summer. No, this this should be the normal normalcy of summer that we don't have a lot of stuff going on. We don't have a lot of drama, and I think that a lot of us would take this. Now, could this summer get loud? Maybe. I think Aaron Rodgers doing something would immediately launch us into Rodgers' watch, and who knows what happens from there. But I highly doubt that Aaron Rodgers has any issues or there are any beefs 
that I don't know about, right? As a you know content creator, as someone who keeps their ear to the ground, I don't necessarily have sources, but you get my point. Number two, I, I don't think Giannis would start any drama. I don't think Giannis would have this sort of year. You could make the case if you want to say who is the athlete of the summer. It's probably Giannis because of Rise coming out on Disney Plus and being wildly popular and Giannis's popularity is going to grow. And I actually want to do a topic, so I'll save it for Mitch and I. But I think there is an actual case to be made that Giannis has entered the LeBron Curry category. And I think it's something interesting to talk about as maybe he start, he'll get more calls and be more seen as a superstar. Giannis already is a megastar, but I do think that we still think Giannis doesn't get the calls from the referees. I start. I wonder if that will change. I think there is a more national appeal to Giannis. I'll be curious that I think we'll know, and maybe this is where we save it to when the NBA schedule comes out and we see how many ABC games the Bucks get and how much they are featured on the Saturday evening primetime because they're featured a lot. I think that to me says the Bucks have reached a different level with Giannis and the popularity of that team because of rise and just the casual fandom because I do think there will be more people checking in on the Bucks because of that movie who aren't necessarily big Bucks fans and just because it's Giannis and he has such a great story and he's so well liked I haven't seen the movie yet which is on me probably need to do that as a a a content creator but be a Bucks fan uh but yeah I've I've missed the boat unfortunately on that one which I I apologize I will make sure I get to that sooner rather than later all right Let's move on to the Milwaukee Brewers, and then we'll do the NBA and ride out. Like I said, short, shorter show today, a little more condensed. Um, I've unfortunately I have things to do, so I can't can't go as long as I would like, but that's okay. Um, I still want to get something out for you guys. I didn't want to skip out. I told you guys I'd do a podcast today, and didn't want to forget y'all. The Milwaukee Brewers are having a really good stretch here. The Milwaukee Brewers are 13 for their last 19. Um, They're playing very good baseball. The Brewers walked it off against the Cubs on the 4th of July. Victor Caratini, three-run shot in the 10th inning. The Brewers lose the the tie. It was 1-1. It was a pitcher's duel through and through between Steele and Lauer. Uh, the Brewers lose uh, or lose have, were down two to one uh, after Josh Hader gave up an inside to park home run to Seiya Suzuki. Really a bad play by Jonathan Davis, but also kind of an unacceptable backup by Andrew McCutcheon. I hope the Brewers review the tape there and are like, all right, this can't happen again. I think Davis, you know, has not played a ton in center field yet at AmFam, and I think once he does play a little bit more there, I think he'll get comfortable, and I don't think that would happen again. And as pointed out by Kurt Hogg, who Kurt, to me, does such good work as the Brewers beat writer. I'd love to have him on the show. He follows me on Twitter, so maybe I should get Kurt on the show because he's great. Like, to me, he is as good as it gets from a beat writer perspective. The guy also has grinded his ass to get there. But Kurt, you know, pointed out, like, Nico Horner hits a double right off Hader the next next at bat. So Suzuki probably scores anyways. So it's something maybe I shouldn't have been as mad about on Davis. But yeah, it was, to me, an unacceptable misplay. Um, so hopefully Davis gets better, but it also was unacceptable on McCutcheon for not backing him up or Yelich. You know, no, there was no support, right? How does that happen? I don't know. But anyways, it doesn't matter because Danny Ro- David Robinson can't find the strike zone. Uh, Yelich walks on four pitches. Yelich has this moment uh, to actually drive in a run and to do something special, which we have not seen from Christian Yelich in a long time. And even though it's a walk, Yelich did his job. 
All right? Like, I know that people were like, well, you know, Yelich didn't have that big hit. Well, a walk is still a big deal. Yelich is a patient hitter. Yelich did everything that he needed to do. He made it uncomfortable for Robertson. Robertson didn't want to throw him a good pitch. He couldn't find the strike zone. Now, uh, Stewart, whatever, his last his last name is kind of long, the home plate umpire. Stu was fucking awful. Gets two bad calls on Adamas. Adamas strikes out. I've been a little harder on Adamas. I can't be hard there. That, to me, was unacceptable. Two really awful calls that the Cubs got. And even then, the Cubs weren't bailed out. Boxberger even got screwed early. He gets out of a crazy jam in the 10th inning. And then Carantini comes through even after he had struck struck out four times in the game. It was a really special win. It was one of those wins where you look at it. Now, they did win on Saturday, Sunday. But you're like, could this be the start of a winning streak, right? Because that's A, a demoralizing loss for the Cubs. That's really hard to get off the mat. I realize baseball is a 162-game season, but the Cubs are 60. Yeah, I said that right. But the Cubs had won four of the last five. They're feeling good, right? They've been playing good baseball. I think they like to beat the Brewers. That's the type of loss that can stick with you. Um, that's one where you have a few more beers after in the clubhouse. Like, fuck, how do we lose that game? And they're really, the Cubs should not have lost that baseball game. And the Brewers to get that win was really special and really fun. And definitely hoping for the same vibes tonight. I'm going to be at the ballpark with my dad. We're going to sweat our ass off. It's going to be fucking hot. Um, it's hot to, It's hot outside now and it's supposed to rain later today. Roof's going to be closed. It's going to be uh, messy. Like, I don't know. It's like, should I just go in a tank top? Should I just, you know, have the chest hair out? Let it hang and be all right. Maybe wear my Corey Hart jersey and then tank top underneath. I haven't brought out the Corey Hart jersey in a while. I put it on for Mitch and Morgan uh, Saturday when we were hanging out. Because Morgan, A, didn't know I had the jersey. Morgan being my wife, for those who don't know. I'm sure most of you do. But, and yeah, I was like, oh man, I have to bring that back. I have to wear the uh, I have to wear the jersey with the, uh, the tank top underneath as a tactical play. Um, to just be ready so if I'm hot, I can just take it right off. And then, then I'm kind of, then I'm in a good position, right? The Brewers are playing really good baseball. Uh, their offense has been phenomenal. Um, you know, one of the things I was going to point out, and then I forgot. I was going to, I do like these things to know. They do really well from like a content perspective on Instagram and TikTok, typing the kick sports on both, where I like things you need to know about. Like the Brewers, that that uh, 2 nothing. I think I might mention it, but like the 2 nothing win on Sat on Sunday it was the first time the Brewers had got less than less than three runs in like two weeks. The Brewers have been so good offensively, win or lose, like they're still producing runs and they're still bringing runs to the table. Now starting pitching hasn't been that great, which we'll talk about here in a second, but the Brewers offense has been humming. Like they've been really good and they're, there are multiple guys who are playing really good in terms of you look at like the last seven day splits they're pretty impressive for the Brewers batting. You have Andrew McCutcheon, who's hitting really well right now. Andrew McCutcheon's feeling good. Luis Urias is another guy who's playing really well in these last sort of seven days and you know feeling good in terms of a, a baseball swing. Keston Hura, actually, too, if he got more at-bats, like he's three for his last seven. Like I feel like 
Castanera should be getting a little bit more, but he's blocked by Jace Peterson. And like, I know it's crazy. And to think that I wanted Jace Peterson off this roster in May was like an all time bad move. My dad loves to remind me that. But like, Jace is hitting 389 right now. He's seven for 18. Like, he had one day off in there, but he's playing really well. You know, Yelich hitting 333. Sure, he only has one home run, but the guy, the guy's feeling it. Like, everybody's feeling pretty damn good. There's four guys right now that are over 300 in terms of their their average right now and have you know hits to go by and so that's good that that makes you feel good about where the brewers are and again they have this easy stretch and we talked about this being an area of opportunity for them and right now they are three and two so far so not not exactly great right obviously still room to grow there uh, but three and two is a decent start What's been nice is the Cardinals have lost, I think, three of their last four. And so the Cardinals in the stretch of the Phillies, Braves, Phillies is not easy for them. Um, they've, they lost again last night. Uh, so we're seeing now maybe a little bit of regression from the Cardinals. And the Cardinals now are two back of the Brewers. So the Brewers hopefully can get a lead by the all. If they could be up by one, you know, four or five games by the All-Star break, That'd be fantastic. To me, that would feel really good. I know I saw a quote, I think, from Council saying how impressed he was with the Brewers in the first half of the season just because they have been normally a slow-starting team, and then they turn it on in October or August and September, a.k.a. Craig Timber. Uh, but we'll see if see if it'll be a little different this year. Who knows? Maybe the Brewers are just good all year, and they're hovering they're in range of the Mets and Dodgers they're like four back of them for the second and first spot in the NL I mean that second and first spot are coveted you get a buy and you don't have to play a wild card round for those unfamiliar with how the new playoffs will work the Brewers being the third team in that division will get three games at home and it'll be a three-game series to decide who goes on to right now play the Dodgers which would be a hell of a series in a five-game series so that's kind of how the, the playoffs will work. I think it'll be actually really fun. I'm pretty high on that idea. I know that maybe the purists won't like it, but I, I definitely think that there is an area of opportunity there. If the playoffs started today and we were getting excited about playoff baseball, the Mets and Dodgers would have buys. Uh, I think right now the Mets actually are over the Dodgers, so the Mets would have home field throughout. For those curious in the AL, the Yankees would have home field. The Astros would then be that two seed and the Twins would be the team playing in the wild card. In terms of the matchups, the Brewers would be taking on the Cardinals in a three-game series at American Family Field. My God, would that be intense? Um, that would definitely be something to watch. Would be a lot of fun. Um, would definitely be one that get, probably would give me cardiac arrest, but I would survive. Uh, Braves Padres would be the other one uh, for the right to play the Mets. Uh, Braves-Padres would be an excellent series. I know the Padres really aren't playing that well, but still, that would be a good one. Both the Padres and Braves have a pretty healthy lead over the Cardinals as they're three and a half and three up. But the Cardinals also are not like a guarantee at all. Uh, right now hovering, the Phillies are only one back, the Giants are two back, the Marlins are four back. So the Marlins still in striking range. They've also won five straight. They own the Nationals. They've been really good against the Nationals. So uh, we'll see if the Marlins can turn that in and maybe make a little run here to put themselves near the top. Again, if you're curious in the AL, uh, right now you have 
the Ubi, the Twins and the Rays, which probably is the least exciting series. That's like an NBA TV series. The MLB Network series, I guess you'd call that. And then the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, which would be fantastic uh, in Fenway. Uh, teams that are sniffing around uh, the Rays, you have the Mariners or the Guardians who have uh, two back. And then the Mariners, White Sox are four back. The Rangers are five back. The Orioles, six and a half back. It's a little far back. The Orioles are fun. I saw my guys on Divine Sports Gospel mention this. The Orioles are one of the more fun teams to watch this year. They are. They're they're a good time. They have a lot of young guys. They To me, they're like a year away from being really good. Like I thought that would be the Tigers this year, honestly, because I th- thought that was the Tigers last year. And then they signed Javi Baez and all this stuff. But they've had so much drama. I, haven't, I think Rosenthal did a big piece on them, and I haven't read that yet. But... I think that there is a lot to like about where we are in the baseball season as we're kind of at the halfway point and it would be really nice to get that by and avoid the Cardinals or whomever else in that second, that first wild card round. But the Brewers will have a, you know, after this 10 game stretch, they have the Twins and the Giants before the All-Star break. So those are not easy opponents and hopefully the Brewers can come out on top and think vibes will be good for the next couple of weeks. But yes, Hopefully they'll keep it up against the Cubs tonight. I will have a report after. Um, we'll uh, we'll do the pod and talk about what I noticed at AmFam. You know, being at the game, I just think it's different. It's nice to get out too. It's now my third game of the year. Starting to cook. You know, I I feel like when you don't go to games early on in the year, it's like oh man. And then COVID last year was, as mentioned earlier, a little bit tough. So this will be game three. Might I think I have the potential to go to the Rockies games. That's four. We'll be in Boston for the Brewers Red Sox. It's five and then six. I think I'm going. I have the Dodgers tickets. That's six. And I even thought about going to the Pirates game this this Saturday because I don't have much going on. So I was like, maybe I go Saturday too. Why not? Right? Baseball all the time. All right. Really quick on the Bucks before we ride out of here. So the Bucks re-signed Serge Ibaka. Uh, Serge Ibaka was a surprise. I don't think anybody expected Serge Ibaka to be back with the Bucks. I don't hate it. Um, it's insurance for the Bucks. I realized that some people wanted Robin Lopez. We're like, what's the difference between Robin Lopez and Serge Ibaka? Honestly, not much. But Serge was with the team. Mike Boonholzer obviously sees potential in Serge. Bucks probably, from a training staff perspective, Serge has had a bad back for the last couple of years. Maybe you know applying some of the things they did with Brook Lopez. Maybe they can do it with Serge. It's a big body. It's another body to add. It's a body to throw at, at Joel Embiid, right? Like, it's a body to throw at some of the bigger teams in the NBA. You know, the new look Timberwolves, right? Another team you could probably use Ibaka in. There are situations where you can use Serge Ibaka. You know, Miami Heat are also another good example of this with Bam Adebayo, right? You know, that's another guy you could probably use Serge a little bit more. I think Serge's role with the Bucs was a little bit misunderstood by fans. I think the fan base had a really hard time with Serge Ibaka. And I think that, and this is not to be like, oh, you guys are stupid, but sometimes I think fans just don't look at the bigger picture. The whole reason Serge was brought on is because they were worried that Brooks back was going, might not have been ready. They needed that insurance. Just like the Brewers could could trade for a pitcher this trade deadline, get somebody in, maybe not at the level of like Frankie Montas, who is hurt now, but like, they might not get a like a top flight pitcher, but they might get a guy who's 
you know, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, let's just use him. It's a bad example because he's, he's struggled in his minor league or, like, comeback. But, like, so let's just say, no, Stroman's a bad example. Who the fuck would Let's just use Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles, who Brewers have brought back, what, twice? Uh, let's just use Jordan Lyles as the example. I don't want Jordan Lyles back. But let's just say they trade for Jordan Lyles. They trade, like, cash to the Orioles for Jordan Lyles. And they bring Jordan Lyles back. To me, that's just insurance for Freddie Peralta. That's the exact same thing they did with Serge Baca. Now, granted, it was an intricate trade, whatever, but they didn't feel like they had a spot for Dante DiVincenzo. I think DiVincenzo and Grayson Allen are a little too similar. So they get in Ibaka, and Ibaka didn't get used much. Uh, Brooke Lopez comes back, Ibaka sees the bench. And also, though, Ibaka didn't necessarily have a lot of role with, with the two playoff series. You had the Bulls, don't have a ton of big men. They just have Vucevic, that's it. You know, you can handle that with Brooke Lopez. The Boston Celtics play mostly small. Horford, to me, is not necessarily big. I don't think Robert Williams is a guy you have to worry about. But if the Bucks had two series of the Raptors and the Sixers, let's just say, all right, Siakam, you would definitely want to use Ibaka. Like, Ibaka would definitely be a guy that you'd want to have against Siakam and throw at Siakam. And Bede's a guy you definitely want to throw Ibaka at. He adds an extra body. He's a bigger body than Bobby Portis, and you need a backup big. We saw what happened with the Bucs when they didn't have a backup big. It added more stress to Giannis and made Giannis play more defense, and while Giannis is a great defender, potential perennial defensive player of the year, it just adds more stress to Giannis's game. So to me, this is a stress reliever for Giannis. This is protection for Brooke, and there's not a ton of great options out there. I don't really want Robin Lopez. I don't want to pay fucking six million a year to JaVale McGee. Like, to me, this is a solid option for the Bucks. Would I would I have minded a flyer on Thomas Bryant? Probably. I would have loved that. I think that's a that's a savvy move. But it wasn't there. Now, the Bucks have been really quiet on the financials. Uh, Jake Reeks was pointing this out. Could be nothing. Could be a windy moment. Why is that? Why, why are they, why are they, and he used the meme, so I don't want to copy, I don't want to basically plagiarize from Jake, but he's like, yeah, why is that? Like, why haven't they announced the Bochamp deal? Like, what, what's going on here? Uh, are the Bucks up to something big? I don't know. Um, I really don't want to have George Hill on this roster. I really hope that there's a Grace and George trade that's still there, and that the Bucks have one more move to make, but we'll see. Um, still early in the NBA offseason, so we'll see what happens, but you know, there have been other stuff. Uh, Brogdon goes to Boston. Everybody acts like Boston's going to win the title. Good. You guys can enjoy the 50 games of Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon's a guy who you just can't trust. Um, if he's healthy, yeah, it's great. It's a great move. But that's the thing, if he's healthy. M- Malcolm Brogdon is the captain of the if he's healthy All-Stars. You can call me a fucking hater. You can call me whatever you want. But th- that's just the truth, all right? Malcolm Brogdon cannot stay healthy for the life of him. And if Malcolm Brogdon's able to be out there in the semifinals, great. But I, I look forward to Uncle Bill, aka Bill Simmons, my guy, you know, bitching about how Brogdon can't stay healthy and he's not available in the playoffs. If you just had Brogdon, that will be the Boston excuse next next summer when the Bucks beat him. It'll be like, if we just had Brogdon. Yeah, we, we know it. We're fans. And trust me, don't discount Giannis's revenge on Brogdon. Because Brogdon didn't want to play with the Bucks. Brogdon didn't want to be in Milwaukee. He didn't like Milwaukee. Uh, that gets underreported. I've I've been on that hill for four fucking years, just like I've been on the PJ Tucker hill. 
the Malcolm Brogdon Hill was the the PJ Tucker Hill before. Like Malcolm Brogdon did not want to be here. Malcolm Brogdon had no interest in being, you know, a team guy. He didn't really like playing in Bud's system. But because Malcolm Brogdon's a nice guy, does a lot of good things around the community, he that fucking chick gets ignored. And when I say community, I don't mean Milwaukee. I mean just for the overall community of the United States, Atlanta, his hometown. I think he did some water boy shit with Chris Long. Like, Malcolm Brogdon's a good fucking dude, okay? Like, a, just a personal, like, outside of basketball, good dude. But he's also a selfish dude. He And he has been a selfish guy for most of his career. Now he's coming to Boston. He's like, I want to win a title. But if you want to win a fucking title, why don't you just stay with the Bucs? I don't know. You answer me that, Malcolm. You, you talked to me about that. TJ Warren just signed with Brooklyn this morning. Uh, Goran Dragic goes to the Bulls. Um, I, I don't understand really what the Bulls are doing. I, I feel like the Bulls would need more size, but they've loaded up on guards. Um, maybe it's because the Bucks were you know in their ass in terms of their perimeter play, and that's what they're how they're trying to course correct it. I don't know. TJ Warren going to Brooklyn feels like maybe it's a Kevin Durant replacement. I think some could pose it as that. Guy does... Uh, not, I mean, he's a homeless man's Durant. We don't know what we're getting in TJ Warren. But I think the Nets are probably giving Warren a, hey, you could start if we trade Kevin. Or if we don't trade Kevin, you, you'll you be right on side with him. I mean, that's the, so this is a weird thing. Just real quick. Like, Nets have kind of an interesting roster if Durant stays. Like, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Durant, now TJ Warren, Joe Harris. It's pretty good. Pretty good, like, five or six guys. They have, uh, oh, Patty Mills is back. Like, oh, yeah, they have Patty Mills, Nick Claxton. Like, that's, that's a pretty solid, like, seven or eight guys. Like, why the fuck are you trying to leave? But I don't everyone's had their own Durant opinions. You don't need mine. All right, back tomorrow. Um, it'll be me. And then probably for a Thursday show, we'll do, do Mitch and I, um, if Mitch can do it. Um, we do, we're probably going to take a week off at some point. Um, in the next, we'll, we'll have one July break, uh, before we get into training camp and everything else. And then the push for the rest of the year. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a lovely it's Tuesday. Hopefully not a lot of you are working. If you are thoughts and prayers, do what your best this is probably one of the worst days to be working day after the fourth, uh, just full of sausage and grossness, but you'll survive. I believe in you. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye.